Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Wednesday, July 18th, 2023. We've got a pretty early recording. I think the earliest we've recorded an episode on the show is 10 a.m. on Tuesday. It's me and Colin. Colin, how you doing today? Doing good, man. Yeah, we had uh, a solid first weekend back from the All-Star break. And then, uh, so of course, we'll be talking about that. And then we'll be talking about our MLB All-First Half team with the second half now getting started. Got a lot of NFL news, surprisingly. And then me and Colin both binge-watched the quarterback series so that we could have all of the information we needed to do a review on this episode. We're going to be talking about the show. It First off, it was fantastic before we even get into it. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I loved every single episode about it, and it really gave us uh, a good view behind daily life of a quarterback. Oh, yeah. It, it was amazing to to watch. But other than that, we've also got a couple of uh, – a little bit of college football talk, mainly winners and losers of this season. Who are going to be the winners? Who are going to be the losers this year? And then top three, bottom three, fictional sports movie characters, and we'll kind of get into the finer details when we get there. Colin, let's go ahead and start this MLB recap. I'm going to do what I've been doing the last couple of weeks. I'm going to start off with winners and losers – um, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and present these to you. My first winner, a tree in Kansas city. You might be wondering what, what are you talking about? Well, this certain tree won a fight with MLB, you know, reporter Jeff Passan. It resulted in Passan in his own words, getting crushed. He clarified that he does still have use of his arms, legs, and Twitter fingers, but did not suffer a bro or sorry, but did suffer a broken back. But don't worry, Jeff said that he will still be firing off painkiller-fueled trade deadline bombs. Uh, seriously, though, hopefully Jeff gets better. MLB Twitter needs him. He, he's kind of the king of MLB Twitter, so so hopefully Jeff Passan does get better. But, yeah, that tree crushed you. <laughs> I'm just picturing that in my head. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff passing getting crushed by a tree yeah he did post a picture of the tree and said that he will be making a bat out of it hey, that's so that, pretty cool. that is something to look forward to uh, and then my first loser of the week is the person that prints jerseys for the Reds because they just called up Christian Encarnacion Strand who now has the longest name on a jersey in MLB history dude uh, that uh, is gonna be <laughs> that's the worst it it's almost like when uh, they put Strange Gordon on the back of the yeah. the Gordon's jersey, and it's just made an upside down U. Have you seen the picture of Christian Encarnacion Strand's jersey? I have not yet. It, it like look it up. It is ridiculous. It stretches past the numbers. Oh Lord! It is insane. But dude, imagine being the guy printing those jerseys. Yeah, that's, like setting that's... up that whole thing. Oh my God. That's not what you want to see. <laughs> uh, like, my, if, if, I, if I'm not, like, why not? It'd be, I'd be all right just saying Strand on it. Yeah, or Encarnacion. That's been done. Jeez, that's ugly. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, but my next winner, Wiz Khalifa. He threw out the first pitch at the Pirates game and earlier in the day tweeted, Finnick gets stoned as fuck and throw the first pitch at the Pirates game. <laughs> then later tweeted, "Shroomed out throwing a baseball is crazy." 
So shout out Wiz because I think he's doing what a lot of people would love to do. Which that's is what I'm, I'm saying, though. He's living. Baseball. He's living every baseball player's dream right now. Yeah, absolutely hilarious. I don't know about shrooms on the baseball field, but I don't know. I you, we can't knock it until we try it. I guess, but I'm not planning on trying it. Uh, I'll leave that one to uh, who was it? Fergie Jenkins throw like a perfect game or whatever, no hitter on like LSD. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Uh, my next loser comes from the Reds again, and it's it's the Reds off or you know employees again. Uh, the Reds field crew, they had to lay out the tarp uh, yesterday, and one guy got stuck inside the tarp and had to crawl, probably like almost from like the middle of the tarp, had to crawl all the way out. Yikes! Yeah, that's tough. What what day was that? Was that Friday? I think it was yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Damn, that's bad start for Reds. Any Reds? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but luckily they can redeem themselves here. They do have a winner, and it's Ellie De La Cruz. Um, he does it again. He just keeps he just keeps showing everybody that he is a once in a generation talent, and he's only been here for like a month and a half. He recorded the fastest tracked infield assist in the Statcast era, ninety five point nine miles per hour across the diamond. It's literally insane. Yeah, and he did it. He did it effortless. Yeah, it looked like he wasn't trying. Like, bro, over the next decade, between the series between the Pirates and the Reds, they're gonna be so much fun to watch. Yeah, I just I need to see Ellie get one of those like chop, kind of like slow hit balls that just kind of bounces up high, and he has to like grab it and like essentially throw it straight down at the first baseman. Oh, He's dude, gonna that, break a hundred. I, I let's just say I'd hate to play first base. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to catch the ball that's coming at me 100 miles an hour. Spencer Steer is doing God's work right now. Like, they already got to hit that shit. I don't want to catch it. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you, are you dumb? Fuck that, dude. Um, My next loser, the New York Yankees without Aaron Judge. The offense is so bad. Bro, it's, it's like, even when, like, I love watching baseball, but if I see them – like on ESPN or MLB Network, bro. I just turn it off because yeah. I just I'd rather have I'm rather having a better time doing anything else yeah. than watching Yankees baseball. Yeah, sorry, Des- Luke, but it's just awful. Despite Aaron Judge missing 48 percent of their games so far this season, Aaron Judge is the leader in RBIs for the Yankees. See, that's just that's just not good. Yeah. Um. My next winner, StatCast nerds like myself. Um, StatCast and Baseball Savant have released two new stats. That's right, new stat drop. First, StatCast base running is here. It considers where the ball is hit, the outfielder's throwing arm, the speed of the base runner, and determines an estimated success probability for taking an extra base. From that, they determine which base runners are better or worse at taking the extra base, as well as which outfielders are better or worse at preventing base runners from doing so. Okay, I can get behind the stat. Yeah, so a, a stat for base running. And the uh, the reveal, the, the, the first stat that I saw about it was that Corbin Carroll is fantastic at getting the extra base, but as an outfielder is very bad. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the uh, the strongest arm. Yeah, especially playing out there and left. 
but um, not dude. For some of some of these guys with absolute cannons, I cannot wait to see like Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna, Luis Robert, Adolis Garcia. Yeah. Like, Wait, well, I'm excited. It'll actually be better in this second stat that they came out with, which is StatCast fielding run value. Standardizes all of the various fielding metrics on one scale. So all five of the defensive measures being range, outfield arm, catcher throwing, catcher framing, and catcher blocking are all now on the same scale of value. So you can compare their defensive contribution across any position. So now, like I like, you could compare the defense of Sean Murphy with like Corbin Carroll. Interesting. Yeah, it's all on the same scale, which is I I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's gonna I mean, be really helpful for like understanding a defensive player's contributions without you know being like, well, he doesn't get to do this because he plays this position. I think the only guys that are kind of screwed here are, like, I guess infielders. Because <laughs> it, it's yeah. range, outfield, arm, catcher throwing, catcher framing, catcher blocking. So, you know, infield defense isn't really taken into account here. But, you know, I think that kind of sits alone because nobody else does anything like that. True. Uh, my next loser, J.P. Sears. He became the second player in MLB history to have 100 strikeouts in a season and only have one win. Lord. Yeah. Tough scenes for J.P. Sears. Uh, My winners, two winners here, Chaz McCormick and C.J. Abrams. What a weird duo to get AL and NL Player of the Week. (laughs) You think they were just like, all right, we got to take somebody from these two teams. They had good-ass stats. Chaz McCormick... Batted 636 with three home runs and a 2,188 OPS. Yeah, I mean, I'm not hating, cause, but it's definitely weird seeing C.J. Abrams' name up there. Yeah, Let me tell you. he batted 462, three extra base hits, had a 1385 OPS. Yeah, I mean, he was also playing the Cardinals, so that, that helps. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then my <laughs> final loser, Tim Anderson. Uh, it's now been over a year since Tim Anderson's last home run back on July 15th of 2022. Jeez. Yeah, that's tough. I, I, I'm seeing a lot of people like on Twitter and Reddit saying that the Braves should make him their starting shortstop no. come next season. And no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'd, rather have Orlando. De- I'd rather have Dylan Cease. Yeah, give, yeah. Give me Dylan Cease. If I'm getting a White Sox, I'm taking Dylan Cease. Yeah. Throw in Liam Hendricks. Yeah, why not? All right, Colin, what do you got for the MLB recap? Well, the Braves finally lost a series. And, of course, it's to the White Sox. To the White Sox. But, hey, well, I just want to talk about fucking – what's his name? Is it Jake Berger? Yeah. 461 foot bomb off of uh Colby Allard, which let me just say, Colby Allard did not have a, a good welcome home after the all star break. Yeah, he, he did claim injury, yeah, but he pitched one and two thirds, gave up seven hits, four runs, 
one walk, one K over 37 pitches. I'm certainly not letting that excuse slide by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not a Nationals fan with Steven Strasburg. I don't let yeah. I don't let your two innings pitched, and then you're just like, well, my arm hurt. Doesn't fly. Not around here. Yeah, that's. It was rough. It was a rough rough weekend for your boys in Atlanta. But honestly, I'm happy it happened now. So now we can get rocking and rolling. Yeah, for the end of the season, we gotta we got some good tough series coming up oh yeah for sure um this one's kind of interesting the angels had a insane game the other day um let me see which day was it though <laughs> i think it was Sunday. was it saturday the 13 to 12 oh yeah i think you're right Against the astros one of the extras yeah so they're the first team in mlb history to face a six-plus run deficit in the seventh inning or later and then erase that deficit, then fall behind by three-plus runs and still win the game. <laughs> yeah. So going into the bottom of the seventh, they were down um, nine, nine to three. Yeah. They score six runs in the seventh to tie it up. And then the top of the eighth, Houston scores two, top of the ninth. Houston scores one. Los Angeles brings it back, ties it up, and then wins it in the bottom of the tenth. On an error, bro. Yes. That's, that's absolutely that's, that's, insane. That's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. But man, the Shohei Otani yeah. leading the charge. I think I saw he's the first player this season to get a thirty-five home runs. Yeah, yeah. He's he's far and away the leader. I think he's the only one at thirty. Because Matt Olson, I think, is second in home runs with 29. Jeez. 35 at this time of the year is ridiculous. Yeah, he's like right on pace with Judge last season. Bro, back-to-back seasons with uh, <laughs> record home run records. Yeah. That'd be insane. Uh, your next thing for MLB recap. Uh, I mean... Really looking at it, like we said, we called the Yankees losers. But, I mean, when you lose to a series to the Rockies, you're not feeling good. Yeah. That's much worse than being a loser. Like, that's – it's like when we were on here recording and the Braves lost a series to Oakland. It's just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> but, no, if you're, if you're contending or you're trying to make that push for postseason, especially in the division that they're in, you got to win those games. Oh, yeah. bottom, those bottom level teams, like you gotta win. Dude, every but, team in your division has fifty wins. You've gotta win every game that you possibly can, and you cannot afford to lose games to the Rockies. Yeah. I mean the Yankees, they they have one dude batting over two fifty five. Yeah. And that's Glaber that's Glaber Torres at two sixty one. Two sixty one is their highest average. Yeah. But the amount of, let's see, they got one, two, uh, three, four, five, six. They got six guys that are batting under 220. Jesus, man. That is so bad. <laughs> like, you're not going to win ball games if you can't even put the ball, like, in play. Yeah. And my like, thing with the Yankees is that everybody's saying, 
they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline. I I don't know. Like, unless they, like, are, like, going for upgrades and, like, getting rid of, like, using Harrison Bader to upgrade for a package deal or if they package uh, I Volpe. Th- I think with- you could probably ship off Josh Donaldson for, like, some good relief pitching. Um, like, I think there's a couple of moves you can make, but – like I I saw this list uh, on Twitter of the the things that the Yankees are seeking, and it's corner outfield, catching, starting, or like starting rotation and bullpen pitching. Yeah, that's way too much to ask for at the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah, you're you're in no position to really be buying to make a push right now. Yeah, you need like, to th- you, you need to think about what you're giving up to just make your team better. Yeah, because right now they're two and a half games behind the Astros for a wild card spot. But if you're looking at their division opponents, like honestly matched up with any of their division opponents, I don't think they're winning any games except against the Red Sox. At that point, if the series against the Red Sox will be close. Yeah. But the only like, game that they might be for sure winning is if Garrett, Garrett Cole's pitching. Yeah, so what, you're going to win one out of every five? Maybe give Carlos Rodon a couple wins as he reacclimates, but you're not getting another perfect game. <laughs> yeah, no shot. It's wild. Um, I do want to talk about Grayson Rodriguez. He got called okay. back up by the Orioles, and he started off hot, though it didn't, it didn't go all too well uh, after the fifth inning. His first inning today, I'm going to just read you these numbers, um, and then I'll tell you what they are. 99, 99, 100, Absolutely crazy. Unfortunately, the the start did not go his way after the fifth. He only had given up like one run through five, but when he came out for the sixth, I think he ended up giving up four total. Yeah, he gave up a uh, grand slam to Chris Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Taylor always coming in for those, those most important long shots. Yeah, dude, fuck Chris Taylor. I didn't even know he was still playing, dog. I, have, I haven't heard shit about him this year. Yeah, because he's not good. I guess ESPN doesn't like to talk about him unless he's beaten the Braves. True. Yeah, actually, ESPN only everybody only talks about Chris Taylor in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, and one last thing: uh, Guardians look like they're uh, they're they're going to be a force to reckon with here in the second half of the MLB. Yeah, they look good. Like. Uh, Josh Naylor's looking good, and Jose Ramirez not taking his foot off the uh, the gas pedal, and he's he's coming out strong. Yeah, my my only issue is that the Twins are kind of doing the same thing. They jumped the Guardians in the standings um, after the Guardians lost two games uh, from the break. Now, I will say the Guardians, I think, are still the better team for sure, but I'm kind of scared that they might offload a couple guys i've been seeing rumors of bieber getting traded so i don't know 
Yeah, if the Guardians get rid of their pitchers, uh, yeah, it's it's wrap. It's wrap. I think the only guys that are untouchable on that team are Jose Ramirez and Emmanuel Clase. You you think uh, Josh Naylor is? They could trade him. Put him on the trade block. I don't know. He's now that he's reconnected with his brother. Yeah, I don't know. You can go play for the A's. Be reconnected with your other brother. What if what if they package Josh and Bo? Together, that would be cool as hell. Send them to Cincinnati. Yeah, Josh and Bo Naylor. Yeah, realistically, they'd get traded to like a shit team for good players, but yeah. But you know, who knows? Uh, I'm excited to start seeing the trade trade action heat up. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I'm always excited for this time of year, and uh, we'll have Jeff, really... Jeff Passan will have nothing to do but get inside information from his couch. So exactly. I really want to see what is going to happen with Shohei Otani. That is the I don't think he's going anywhere. Unfortunately, I don't think he is. And if he does, it's going to be deadline day final seconds for like a massive ass package. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's going to be the biggest trade package we've seen even though he might go to a team that he doesn't re-sign with at the end of the season. It'll be exactly. like a like a Manny Machado type move. Just like a temporary, let, let's see what you can yeah. do. Help us win a championship, and then you're gone. Yeah. I often forget that Manny Machado played for the Dodgers because he played there for like four months. Uh, he knocked us out of the playoffs. Yeah, I know. That's what continues to remind me. I, I Dude, that was the worst fucking day, like two days of my life because I was at that <laughs> game. I was at that game that he hit the three-run shot and knocked us out. And then the next day was my senior field trip tour of the Braves Stadium. Whoa. And I, I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Stop bringing this back up. I was so upset. Yeah. I, I do, before we move on to this all-first-half team, I do want to congratulate the Oakland Athletics because now they've kind of turned it around a little bit. Yeah, they're 25-71. and 71, Not a good look. But um, they are on pace for only the sixth-worst record in MLB history. Hey, we're bringing it back. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, the Royals, they're only at 27 wins. They could end up being the worst this year. Remember when I said that Oakland was going to bring it back? You did. Go to, the, go to the playoffs? Okay, I don't know about that. Yeah, we're going to scratch that and just okay. – we're, we're going to cut out that they're going to the playoffs, but yeah. they're just going to bring it over. I was, I was about to say, if they win out, they'll have 91 wins. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that that'd be a tough hill to climb. Um but let's move on to this MLB all first half team. We'll start uh, obviously the stats go from the beginning of the season to the All-Star break being July 9th. So we'll start in the outfield um yeah, we'll say it at the same time. 3 2 1 Ronald Acuna Jr. <laughs> it's just insane what he has done this year. Um, oh, for sure. I'm gonna read these stats and uh, try not to get a stiffy. Three, <laughs> three thirty one, <laughs> three thirty one batting average, four oh eight on base percentage, a nine ninety OPS, WRC plus one sixty five. He's got four point eight WAR. He leads the league in WAR for position players. 21 home runs, 25 stolen bases. The guy is just, or sorry, not 25 stolen bases, 41 stolen bases. I was reading doubles. Um, 25 doubles, 55 RBIs. He scored 79 runs 
this guy is just an anomaly. He is absolutely terrorizing the MLB right now with yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. And it's just like, but you can put all those numbers, but the biggest thing that comes to my mind is how effective he is at the leadoff spot. Like how scary he is that he could get you with the leadoff home run on any day of the week. Yeah, it's insane that he's putting up these numbers as a leadoff hitter. Like 62 RBIs for a leadoff hitter is crazy. That just shows you the bottom of our lineup is doing its job. That's true. It's getting on base. Yeah, uh, but Ronald Acuna has been undoubtedly the best player in the National League. I can't say the best player because Shohei Otani exists. Yeah, but no, uh, for him but to, for him to also have just a, a 330, 331 average through that through that span is also really impressive with yeah. just what all he does because he's not known over the past season. He hasn't been known to have a high average. He's just known for home runs, speed, defense. Yeah, but, but he's got – He's he, he's really changed his approach at the plate, it seems, because, yes, he's still hitting for decent power, but his strikeout percentage is all the way down to a 12%, and his walk percentage is all the way up to a 10.8. That, like, that is the perfect spot to be in. Yeah, he's being more disciplined at the plate and really only swinging at pitches that he knows he can hit. Yeah, he, so he's he's fine with taking a strike here and there, which last year um, we definitely saw him swing at anything that was around the strike zone. Um, but no, he's he's chilling right now. He's he's bruising to a MVP year. All right, who's your second outfielder? Second outfielder. So I'm I'm gonna go Mookie Betts. All right, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Mookie just so turned it around right there at the end of the first half. Um, yeah. Strikeout percentage is still kind of high for him. It's 16.4%, but the walk percentage is fantastic. 13.6%, getting on base, 379, OPS at 964, um, getting RBIs and runs as he does, 62 RBIs, 72 runs. He's hit a career high at the All-Star break, 26 home runs, which is just crazy for Mookie Betts to have more home runs than doubles at the All-Star break. Yeah, that's that's wild. Like I was just before you said it, that was going to be the thing I point out is his home run numbers. Yeah, with a guy like him is, and then you get him in the home run derby and he only hits eleven. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But no, I can just say he's seeing the ball really well right now, and the Dodgers are are playing really good baseball. Yeah, they are. Um, and Mookie is obviously such a huge part of this team that these kind of numbers are like. Those are the kind of numbers that turn your team around. When he turned around, you saw the Dodgers start surging up the National League West. Oh, yeah, for sure, because Freddie's been doing it all year. Yeah. Freddie, Freddie's been killing it, um, especially because he's in the race for MVP. But with Mookie, he was off to a slow start. J.D. Martinez was off to a slow start. But Freddie killing it, those two turned around. Now they're young guys at the bottom of the lineup are starting to, starting to get hot. Yeah. Yeah, this is the exactly what the Dodgers needed. Um, but who's your third outfielder? Because I think this one, it's up to what you're looking for. Exactly. So I have it between two people right now. Okay. Um, and that's Luis Robert and Corbin Carroll. Yeah, I was between the same two. But I honestly just, I'm I'm going to give it to Corbin Carroll 
just because of the effect to his team, in my opinion. So Luis is having a great year, but his team's not. Yeah. So it's he's doing things on his own right now, and Corbin Carroll's doing things to help his team win. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair way to go about it. I, I'm taking Luis personally. I, I just think that the way that Corbin kind of slowed down at the All-Star break or like right before the All-Star break kind of scares me. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think that the way that Luis has kind of just stayed pretty consistent and hit pretty well for power. Yeah, he's striking out a lot. He's not walking a lot, but he's also trying to do everything for this team. Yeah, I mean that's that's respectable, but I their stats are very close. The only thing yeah. that really is a big difference is home runs and stolen bases. Yeah, Luis Robert with twenty six and Corbin Carroll with eighteen, and then stolen bases Corbin Carroll with twenty six, Luis Robert with eight. Yeah, but but like you said earlier, Luis Robert his walk rate is five point eight, so he's not walking a whole lot, and then his strikeout is twenty seven point nine. Yeah, that's high. Yeah, no, it's really tough, but when you consider the fact that nobody else on his team can do anything, it it is... Yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean. This team sucks, and especially throughout the entire first half, they're really bad. Yeah, you know, they win the series against the Braves to start off the second half, but Luis Robert was the only hope and probably still is the only hope that the Chicago White Sox have. Oh, no, for for sure. It really it's they have one hitter and one pitcher, and that's Dylan Cease and Luis Robert. Yeah. Because you can't rely on Tim Anderson for shit. And you can't rely on Lance Lynn as well. Yeah, but I really like – so I'm, I'm looking at the uh, WRC+. Plus. Corbin Carroll's at a 145. Phenomenal. Luis Robert at a 143. So both having really good seasons. Yeah, they're so both it, creating offense, which is the most important part of their roles. Yeah, but look, like you said, it depends on what you're looking at. But I'm you can't knock either one because they're having phenomenal seasons. Yeah. All right, let's move to the infield at first base. Who do you got? I feel like there's maybe two or three options, but one's pretty obvious. Freddie Freeman. Yeah, it's Freddie. Yeah, you could be blinded by the 29 home runs of Matt Olson. But it's got to be Freddie Freeman. The guy's got 12 stolen bases, which is just crazy. Yeah, he's striking out a little bit more than usual, 17.2%. Uh, but the walk rate at 9.8% is a perfect spot for him. And when you look at the slash line, it doesn't get much better. 320 average, 396 on base percentage, a 556 slugging. That's good for a 952 OPS. He's got a WRC plus 156. 3.8 war this season. He's got 61 RBIs, 72 runs. Him and Mookie, very similar run contribution to their team. He's got 17 home runs, 31 doubles like he does. And he's just been a fantastic first baseman this season and continuing to be the same Freddie Freeman that we've seen year in and year out. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, a lot of people could argue Yandy Diaz yes. at first base as well because Yandy came out of nowhere and like Ronald Acuna is doing doing it from the leadoff spot for Tampa Bay yeah yeah that that's the only thing that kind of turned me away from Yandy Diaz was that he doesn't really contribute runs as much 
Yeah, like his RBIs are low with 43 and runs at 58. But um, it would be significantly higher if he just like batted third. Yeah, hell, even batting the two spot. Yeah. I feel like uh, it was a good spot. But no, but I mean, going back to Matt Olson, Matt Olson was really struggling when he was back in the two spot. So true. when the Braves moved him back and rotate him between four and five, I think that really turned around his season. Yeah, I, I think that he'll have a, a better second half, at least when you look at like the averages. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe the power goes down. Like maybe he slows down. I don't really think he will. Twenty nine is pretty fitting for him, and you know we could see him just really turn it up in the second half, just because the mentality switches when you get moved down in the order. Oh yeah, absolutely. And but one of my favorite things moving away from that is seeing how far down Pete Alonso dropped. <laughs> Every podcast, you know, we have to throw in a little Pete Alonso hate. Yeah. Um. So seeing him, like, ha- bro, they have Justin Turner better than him. <laughs> that's that's wild because Justin Turner's old and sucks. Yeah. But nah, fuck you, Pete. All right, let's move on to second base. All right, because because there's some there's some controversy here. There is. I'm gonna take Luis Arias just because it's hard to deny the averages. Yeah, I mean, average. He like in that span, he was he finished the first half with a three eighty two average. Yeah, and, like, and the guy, the guy's got more singles in the first half than most players had hits. Dude, I I feel it. That's insane. And his strikeout rate five point one percent. Yeah, like that is absurd. So. But also, let's let's move away from Luis. Let's just talk about Cattell Marte's first half. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Like, what was it? He had 15 home runs, 61 runs, 44 RBIs, six stolen bases. His walk strikeout rates are is really good for a spot where he's at. Is 10, 10.1% walk, 17% K, and he batted a 290 average. Like, for a second baseman, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he got snubbed in the all-star game is yeah, I, crazy. I think crazy. he kind of got screwed over by the fact that Luis Arias has insane numbers and Ozzy Albies is a brave. Yeah. Oh, Ozzy <laughs> Albies has also, also put up ridiculous power numbers. Yeah. For a second base like when Ozzy's like, having a good year, it's going to be real hard to get more votes than him in the all-star game. Just because Braves fans just thrive on voting. They show out, bro. Yeah. They... Like it's it's like what we had eight Braves in the All Star game. Yep. That's, bro. But twenty two home runs for Ozzy is really good for him because usually he says he sits around thirteen to fourteen in the first half, but for him to surge out here with twenty two, ooh, and I th- I think if I saw correctly, eighteen of them were from the left side. Yeah, I was about to say, it seems like this season, at least in the second, like the second half of the first half of the season, so I guess the second quarter of the season, um, he really started turning it up from the left side. Yeah, because he's known like for his right side ability. That's where he gets his most power, and he sees the baseball better. But now that he's finally figuring out this switch hitting and uh, executing from the left side, he's about to be a deadly player. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I could honestly, like, if Luis Arias hits any type of skid this season, I, I think I could willingly, by the end of the season, say that Ozzy Albies is better. Oh, for sure. Ozzy gets that average up a little bit to, like, 280. Where, yeah. And Luis drops to, hell, if Luis drops to, like, 340, I'll, I'll still say Ozzy Albies is having a better year. Yeah, because Luis Arias is probably going to hit, like, at, at the max, 10 home runs this season. And Ozzy... Yeah. Honestly, he's probably going to finish like mid thirties. Yeah, hell, he's on pace to get to forty. Yeah, but no. Uh, so yeah, with the way I had it, I had uh, Ozzy Albies and Luis Arias for my second base. All right, and then because it's it's another, it's another thing. What are you looking for? Yeah, that's true. Um, at third base, I'm going Jose Ramirez. That's who I had. Okay. That's that's who I had. It just continues to get disrespected every year because his team isn't that good. But the numbers just don't lie. Like, it's crazy. A 289 yeah. average, 364 on base, 870 OPS. Yeah, the OPS is a little bit lower than maybe what we want to see out of Jose Ramirez, but I can't really knock him for it. The guy's got nine stolen bases. That's pretty solid. But to me, it's the walk and K ratio. A 10.9 walk percentage, a 9.9 K percentage. That is more than amazing. Yeah, he's the only player uh, in single-digit K percentage. Well, Luis Arias. No, for third base. Oh, yeah, third base? Yeah, certainly. But, yeah, he's just been phenomenal. Yeah, the only person you can really, like, argue with is uh, Josh Young. Yeah. Like, he's, he's having a phenomenal... He had a phenomenal first half, especially for a rookie. Yeah, I think the argument between Josh Young and Jose Ramirez is very similar to Luis Robert and Corbin Carroll, where it's like, yeah, they're they're like they're both putting up very good numbers. Yes, Josh is probably going to have more run contribution because his team's better, but you know Jose's kind of doing it alone and still doing very well. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. But as I'm looking at this. Uh, list of people out Isaac Paredes yeah dude WRC plus of 150 crazy the next closest is Jose Ramirez at 132 yep so Isaac's doing it down there in Tampa he is but he's just not like a big name player it seems like nobody wants to talk about him yeah because everybody wants to talk about Randy Rosarena, Shane McClanahan Yandy Diaz yeah um so he kind of get yeah, he kind of gets overlooked a little bit. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, Jose is just a, a very easy pick here. Yeah, Josh Young's pretty close, but I think what we've seen from Jose this season is just so good and very on pace with how good he is year after year, and nobody ever cares. Yeah, but I'll uh, I'll let the fans know right now, keep your eye on Austin Riley the second half. Yeah. Cause... He's going to turn up. He's he's about to fuck this shit up. Oh yeah. Uh, let's move to set, or, uh, shortstop. I, I feel like there's only one choice. Let's Honestly, you, shortstops you, have been so bad. Yeah, outside like, especially when you're looking at qualified hitters, Bo Bichette is your only option. Yeah, for 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 sure. Like a three seventeen average, a three forty six on base percentage. His OPS is an 842. He's the only qualified shortstop with an OPS over 800, and it's an 842. 
yeah, I mean the short the shortstop crop this year is just awful. Yeah, and, and Bo is striking out quite a bit, eighteen point four percent in total, struck out seventy four times, and then his walk rate super low, three point seven percent. But he just has a good approach at the plate. He hits the ball, he puts it in play a lot, and it, it just works out for him. Yeah, I mean, the only other person that can slightly be talked about is Wander Franco. Yeah, and like, he really I, hasn't been all like at, that good. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you could honestly like I didn't realize how like decent of a year Bobby Witt was putting together. Yeah, he's been all right. He really like he started off so bad that it kind of weighed him down, but he turned it up a little bit. Yeah, like the only thing that really kills him is his runs and RBIs. Yeah, because the Royals is the complete opposite of that. Yeah, <laughs> true. That is, that's not their uh their go to, but um, yeah, I don't I don't think there's much to say about the shortstop position. Let's talk catchers because this one's interesting because there's some guys that haven't played a lot of games that are arguably having much better seasons. And that's kind of the way I went. Cause yes, there is some guys like Adley Rutschman who catches just about every game, but yeah. personally I, I think it's Sean Murphy. Okay. I like that. I like that. I, I went Jonah Heim. Okay. But there is one dude I want to talk about and that's Elias Diaz. Yeah, man. Killing it. Killing it over there in Colorado, but it's Bad, another one. It's, sucks. <laughs> it's an yeah. I was about to say, yeah. but like, is he somebody that we see get traded at the deadline? Does oh. he go to a good team? I didn't even think about him, honestly. Like, you you don't typically think about catcher moves at the deadline, but I, I'm trying to think of like contenders that really need catching. I mean, if. You said the were the Yankees trying to catch? That's get a catcher? true. Yeah, the Yankees don't sleep I mean, on that. Don't sleep on the, that move. I could see the Angels possibly going after him. I don't know if they're really in contention though. The uh, the Marlins, maybe. Yeah, who's their catcher? I know Jacob Stallings. Is that yeah? Still their catcher? Ja- Jacob Stallings is their catcher. So I could definitely see them get Elias Diaz, um, yeah. to help boost their. Uh, their team up a little bit, but no, uh, Jonah Heim was my pick. Cause yeah, like you said, we could rave about Adley Rushman all day, but what Jonah Heim's doing out there in Texas is insane. Yeah. But let me talk about Sean Murphy real quick. I didn't get to the numbers. Uh, though, though he's only played 67 games. I think he has the most war of any catcher and the highest WRC plus, um, his average 306, 400 on base, 999 OPS. That's the second highest on my entire lineup. And he's got 17 home runs, 17 doubles, 55 RBIs. He scored 42 runs. He's walking 10.7% of the time, which makes up a, a, a decent amount for his 23.3% K percentage. I like it. I like it. He, he, he needs to keep doing that. Yeah. If he keeps this up, man. Woo. I was about to say, we haven't seen much of uh, Darno lately, and that's just because of yeah. how good Sean Murphy's playing. Hey, and if Sean, Sean if Sean Murphy can stay healthy. Don't sleep on Travi. Dude, I never sleep on Travi. He's good for a go-ahead home run a month. Dude, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a good two-start in the DH yeah. uh, every two weeks. Yeah. That's, that's how I look at it. 
Yeah, he'd probably play a better left field than Eddie Rosario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they they gave Sam Hilliard a shot. Yeah, still wasn't all that great out there. But um, all right, it's time for the DH show, Otani. Done, done, done dusted. It's over. <laughs> no, 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 bro. Marcelo Zuna. Shut up, man. Not yeah, he hits. He hits his wife better than Shohei. It's a baseball. Bro, bro, dude. WRC plus a one eighty one. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Only guy in the first half with a qualified OPS over a thousand. It's absurd. Dog. Yeah, like, tell me this guy's not. One of the greatest we've ever seen because not only is he putting up the best numbers of like any hitter in the league, he's also a great pitcher. Dude, he's that. That's what bothers me. It 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 almost infuriates me that he's allowed to be this good. Like I'm saying, dude, it, he's slowly becoming the best player in MLB. I don't think slowly. <laughs> I don't think it's happened slowly. <laughs> he is quickly becoming. Like, almost unanimously the best player yeah. that we've ever watched play baseball. It's – and to see – it's it amazes me on how good of a hitter he is because he's so lanky. Yeah, but he just generates power so well. Like, his swing is just beautiful. It's so smooth. Yeah, if you're a and, left-handed hitter and you want to kind of model your swing after somebody – Shohei Otani has a swing that is actually like learnable. Yeah, but dude, the way he's able to get his hands inside the baseball, yeah, it's jeez. And yeah. the dude's massive. I'm not going to. The dude's massive. You've oh, seen yeah, him yeah. with a with a cutoff shirt on, dude. He's he's Crazy. he's huge. So if you are a left-handed hitter and you want to be good, hit the gym and watch Shohei Otani film. True. <laughs> but like the numbers just don't lie 32 home runs he leads the league there 63 runs 71 rbis 11 stolen bases even he's walking 12.1 percent of the time which is great he's got 15 doubles six triples he's just an undeniable player on the on the field yeah and for the first half there's only two two players for a dh over 300 average and that's Otani, and that's and it's your guy, Yoshida from the Red Sox. Let's go, Japan, stand up. <laughs> but no, also Jorge Soler had a phenomenal first first half. The only thing down is his average at two fifty one, which is not even that bad. Yeah, but he's striking out twenty three point three percent, so that's not great, but. He's got 22 home runs as well. Yeah. And when you think about that, Shohei has 10 more than Jorge Soler. Absolutely who crazy. Everyone's saying had a phenomenal first half with home runs. Yeah. 10 more. And only, what is that? I think that's 33 more at bats than Soler. Yeah. Uh, he's just, it's insane. It makes me speechless yeah. to think about it sometimes. Yeah, like there's nothing to say further yeah. about Shohei Otani than, than other than that he is one of the greatest we've ever seen play baseball. Like we're we're getting tickets to that Angel series, right? Uh, we better. Like if at, we can right afford this, it. Right after this podcast, 
Because we're not, we're not going to be able to go to Diamondbacks. Mm. Yeah. I have work. Yeah. Whatever. Work's overrated. Skip work. Okay. Go see okay. Zach Allen. Hey, Siri. Call the boss. <laughs> All the right. Boy, the boys are rolling out. Let's move on to the starting pitchers. We got two starting pitchers here because I, I felt like it was unfair to just do one. So yeah. your first starting pitcher. Zach Gallon. All right, same. And people are going to be like, well, he has he doesn't have a great ERA. 3.14 is a fantastic ERA with how offensive the game has been this season. So, yes, there are guys with better ERAs. Nobody has been better than Zach Gallon. Yeah, and listen, we're talking about this first half. He finished with 11 and 2 record. I thought it was 11 That's and 4 in the first half. Is it? Is it? I think so. That's what I've got on Fangrass. Give me one second. Either way, he's been phenomenal. 123.1 innings pitched in 20 starts. And he struck out 130 Ks per nine at 949. He's only walked 26 batters. That's a 1.9 walks per nine. He's only given up 0.73 home runs per nine. Like, absolutely crazy. And then if you really want to get into just counting, just counting numbers, he's thrown 1,890 pitches, and he's thrown 1,228 strikes. Jesus. The guy's only thrown 662 balls this season. Damn, son. Absolutely insane. And his whip is on par with the guys with the low ERAs, a 1.08 whip, uh, a 2.89 FIP. So he's doing a good job of, um, you know, leaving the defense to himself. I think it's hard to say that anybody's been better than Zach Allen. Yeah, I mean, you're you're speaking speaking facts, man. I can't deny it. Zach Allen's shown that he was the best pitcher. Uh, this season so far. All right. What about the second guy? Because this is where you could you got a lot of options. You got a lot of options. You know, I'm. I was hesitant to pick him because he started. He went on a little skid. But I call him Spencer Strider. Yeah, yeah. I respect that pick because he is just. It doesn't matter how like how many runs he gives up. He's good for ten ten strikeouts. Like. Yeah, like we saw the other day. He yeah. He had 10 strikeouts, but gave up, like, six runs. Yeah, it's crazy. But, no, uh, dude, he's he's just so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Yeah, his home runs per nine, it's over a one. So that's really his, like, worst category. But when you're leading the league in strikeouts uh, and still putting up a three, three, 344 ERA, like I, I respect that any day. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, was was the first half? Did, was it 11, 11 and three? Uh, I don't know. I haven't pulled up. He's not my selection personally. I got you. I got you. But, but he was mine. So there you go. All right, my guy. I'm taking Framber Valdez. He has been sne- like almost sneakily very good. Because yeah. there's been a lot of shine, especially in the AL, put on Garrett Cole and Eovaldi and McClanahan. But Framber Valdez has been fantastic. Yeah, the record's not great, but the Astros haven't been all that good. 7-6 and six record, but 
18 starts, 117 innings pitched. He had one complete game, uh, 129 strikeouts, so he's got a better case per nine than Zach Allen at 9.89. Walks per nine a little bit higher, 2.15, but still not all that bad. He's given up less home runs than Gallon, a .69 home runs per nine. Pretty similar on the pitch, you know, strike ball ratio. The whip at 1.07, fantastic. ERA, though, 2.76. Like, it's hard to get much better than that in today's MLB. Yeah. True. So, shout out for Amber. Stonehead. <laughs> what? Bro, you know, like, the Night in the Museum? Stonehenge? Not in the no. museum. Oh, Stonehead. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like an Easter he, he, Island. Thing. Yeah, he he literally looks like one of those. All right, I gotta I gotta pull the picture. <laughs> He's a dumb dumb give me gum gum kind of looking. I thought it was. Wait. Oh yeah, you, no, you're right. That is how it goes. Yeah, he he is a very square head. <laughs> I see it. I just remember from watching the World Series and. Uh, you know, they popped up his picture, and I, it's been in my head ever since. Yeah. It's just it looks way think. worse when he has his hat off. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's brutal. Oh, but, my God. Uh, well, let's, <laughs> let's move on to relief pitchers now. Um, you know, you got one spot for a closer slash relief. You got one spot just for closers. I went with two closers, personally. Yeah, same. All right, cool. Yeah. My first guy is Alexis Diaz. Uh, yeah, I think he's Cincinnati boy. very good. Another one of those young pieces for Cincinnati in 42 games this season where he hasn't been like the full-time closer. 26 saves. Uh, I think he's like top four, maybe top two in the league. Um, 40.2 innings pitched. 62 strikeouts. That's a 13.72 Ks per nine. He's only walked 19 batters. Um, a home runs per nine of 0.22, which is fantastic. If you're coming in late in the game and you're not giving up home runs, you're doing your job right. And yeah. he's just he's just killing it. 1.03 whip. Yeah, for a relief pitcher, I'd like to see that a little bit lower. But you know, if you're only giving up one walk or hit per innings pitch, you know, you can't really knock him for that. 1.99 ERA is great. So, uh, yeah, shout out Alexis Diaz. Way better than his brother. You just, you keep taking shots left and right. Yeah, fuck the Mets, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I took uh, Felix Bautista. Yeah, he's insane. And, uh, 23 saves and 39 39 games. And when you look at it, bro, his Ks per nine is 18. Yeah. He's my other guy. <laughs> He's your other guy? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm mainly looking at that ERA. Yeah. 1.07. Wow. Yeah. It's, it, it's like impossible to do better than that as a reliever. Okay. Well, just so you know, like my other guy was – David Bednar. So, yeah, that's also a great pick. So, yeah, I mean, David Bednar is also – his case for nine is 10.7. Walks for nine, 1.78. Hit, uh, home runs per nine, low like uh, Diaz is at a 
with an ERA of 1.27. So these guys are killing it when they come in, in late in the game. Uh, like you said, it's that's their role. Yeah, you come in, you shut it down. Yeah, and Bednar doesn't have like the save numbers of some of these guys, but that's just because they're not close games. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That, you know, Pittsburgh does not play a lot of close games, whether they win or lose. Yeah, it's a lot of right. losing recently, but their starting anyway. pitchers are awful, and you yeah. have to rely on Mitch Keller to guide your starting rotation. It's, yeah, it's tough. So is Pittsburgh a seller? I think so. Hmm. Like they started off the season like twenty and eight, and then I think after that went like twenty one and forty. Arrow went. So do you think Cabrian Hayes is on the cha- on the trade block? Maybe. Maybe he would be a great pickup for some teams. Um, <laughs> Yankees. I. Yeah. Get rid of Josh Donaldson. Oh yeah, Josh Donaldson's gone. He's got to be, whether yeah. whether it's to a team in the MLB or not. <laughs> he's going to go join Trevor Bauer. Nah, dude. Over. He's going to go play for, like, the Yomahuri Giants. <laughs> um, all right. I think that's going to do it for the, uh, the all-MLB first-half team. Let's get into some NFL news. DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Titans two years, $26 million, worth up to $32 million with incentives. It's a it's a great pickup, but it's the Titans. I just want to say that I called it. You did. I'll give you that credit. I I honestly like the signing. I do too. If they had a good quarterback, I. It's so like it's hard to say, but I honestly think so. Ryan Tannehill is gonna do a decent job now that he has DeAndre Hopkins. He's gonna be able to hand it off when he wants to, and he's got a guy even in double coverage that he can get it off to. But here's the I think when Will Levis enters the game is when this Titans offense turns around. Hopefully. Because the Titans are known mainly on their defense. But I think this is the, this is the season that we will see the Titans explode on the offensive side. Yeah, we'll see. Like, the thing here is, like, they really needed DeAndre Hopkins. Because prior to this, uh, you'll never guess who on the Titans had the most career receiving touchdowns. Most career? Yep. So this is just a Titans offensive history. No, no, no. On the Titans right now, who has the most receiving touchdowns in their career? Oh, it's is, is, is it like the third string wide receiver? Probably. But uh, their head coach had more. As a linebacker, he was a linebacker. Had more career receiving touchdowns than anybody on the Titans. Mike Vrabel. I think he scored like 12 in his career when like they'd line him up at tight end in the red zone. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Peace. I, dude, I for sure... Hell, I would have thought Derrick Henry had more receiving touchdowns than yeah. a linebacker. Yeah. But damn... But no, I think I think the Titans are going to be Titan, Titans fans should be ecstatic about this signing because uh, it's a step in the right direction and turning their slow-paced offense into an explosive offense. Yeah, or it'll be another one of those the Titans pick up an older wide receiver who was once very very good and ruins him. I think I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, 
There's been a couple cases, but Julio obviously being the most recent. Yeah, man, my my turf toe hurts. Let me sit out for two seasons. Yeah. See how Aaron Judge feels too. Stupid ad boy. <laughs> All right. Next one when it comes to signings, these guys didn't. Uh, Saquon, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard all did not reach a long-term deal with their respective teams and will play this season under the franchise tag. And apparently with Josh Jacobs, they were so close to getting a deal done that he was sitting in a car with Max Crosby in the parking lot of the Raiders facility, ready to sign if they agreed on something, but no deal was done. Yeah, I saw I saw something about that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, about Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby and that I'm so surprised that they Las Vegas did not not offer a deal. Well, like they offered him, but this this just kind of goes to this trend around the league that we've talked about for the last couple of weeks where running backs just aren't getting paid. And Saquon is a guy that deserves his money. Josh Jacobs is a guy that deserves his money. Maybe you could say Tony Pollard isn't yet, but you could argue that he earned his money last season. And now the Giants and the Raiders at least fucked themselves over because it looks like Saquon and Josh Jacobs won't report to training camp. Yeah, that's the Giants and Raiders definitely just fucked themselves. Yeah. Like you said, it's and going back to Tony Pollard, yeah, there's the argument that there's really only one season. We need to we need to see more before we can come to a long term deal. But the season he put up last year as a two way running back, like uh I mean two two running backs split is ridiculous. Yeah. And Running backs, you know, kind of the the reaction across the league from running backs and from the media talking about running backs is crazy. Like Derrick Henry said on Twitter, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game. The ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give their all to an organization, it just seems like it doesn't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve because Derrick Henry somehow only makes like $10.5 a year. Yeah, and that's insane because he's literally top two running backs in the league. Yeah, him and him and McCaffrey. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane that Derrick Henry makes less than like a backup wide receiver. Like it's wow. I, you know, I stand with Derrick Henry right there. I I'm standing up with all of these guys. They all deserve to get paid. If you're not going to pay him, take him out. Yeah. Use an extra wide receiver. Yeah. Because what? Fucking probably Kyle Usick or whatever probably makes more. I doubt it. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But um, Schefter did tweet uh, that because these three didn't sign any long-term deals, the last time a running back signed a long-term contract worth $10 million or more per year was Nick Chubb in 2021 which was 716 days ago. Jeez. Like, come on. These guys <laughs> need to get paid. Like, Nick Chubb is only, like, the third highest paid running back in the league with that deal that he got. Nick, Nick Chubb's a dog, too. Yeah. Like, literally, he was a dog. That's true. But, like, these guys have to get paid. And this is just even crazier. Uh, Jeff Darlington tweeted... Brutal as it might be, here's what one GM told me about his current take on running backs. 
I don't think this trend of the diminishing contracts for the position is going to end anytime soon. I'd rather draft one high and let him walk after five years than pay him big money. What the fuck? Yeah. It just seems to be the consensus. It's like, if you just draft a great running back, you can get five years out of him and make somebody else pay him and then do it again. That's that's crazy. And the problem with this is, as a team that just drafted a running back very high in the draft, if he's playing well, I hope this is not going to be the case. I was about to say, like if he's putting up MVP numbers and – we see him walk after five years, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Like, you're looking for guys that want to end their career with with that team. Exactly. You don't want to just say, all right, let's see, let's see how he'll do in five years. With five years of work, let's see what he can do. I mean, that's that's how that's not how you get your Hall of Fame running backs and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Um uh, next thing, though, just keep talking about these running backs. Just this offseason for veteran running backs, it was a tough offseason. So Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones both took pay cuts this offseason. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette were all cut. Saquon, Josh, Jacobs, and Tony Pollard all got franchise tagged and didn't get a, uh, a deal. Austin Eckler wanted a new deal and asked for a trade and then figured out some incentives that kept him there. And then Kareem Hunt has been a free agent all offseason. It still is. The, the Kareem Hunt one I could see. I, I feel I, like I, he still adds value to a team. Oh, for sure. Like, there's not 32 running backs that are better than him. Yeah. There's there's just not. But um, I guess a lot of teams will look at his uh, – off the field issues. Yes. As a problem. But um, when you're but, talking football, why not pay Kareem Hunt, you know, eight, nine million a year to come in and do his job? Like, he's going to play better than other running backs on your team. Yeah. I, I agree with you. But I want to talk about the cut. Like, yeah, I, I can see the Ezekiel League get cut just because how he, he's let his body go and everything like that. And with the Cowboys wanting to move in the, the direction of uh, Tony Pollard, Leonard Fournette, yeah, he's getting up there in age. But Dalvin Cook? Yeah. That was crazy to me. Because the Vikings, there's only so much time left that Kirk Kirk has. Kirk wants the best at every position because he's trying to get he's trying to get that Lombardi trophy. Yeah. He's got a but, cutout in his wall. Hey, I wasn't trying to say. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to say that. We'll talk about that later. Right? We'll talk about that later. But no, like it's the running backs are getting shafted right now, and oh, yeah. that's that's not good for teams. Like that's not a good look because now when you look at the running backs that are coming to the draft, they're like, oh, I got drafted by this team, but I'm gonna be gone in five years. Yeah. Like, that's not what you want. Yeah. You want guys that get drafted, they feel like they're at home, and they stay there for the rest of their career. Yeah, I have a feeling that that's something that just won't happen anymore, which yeah, sucks. It's dumb. Yeah, it is. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, there was a guy that got a franchise tag and did get a deal, uh, Evan Ingram. It took all the way up until the deadline, uh, but 
him and the Jags agree on a three-year, $42.5 million deal. How the fuck is Evan Ingram getting paid more than these running backs? I couldn't tell you, man. I'm happy for him. Yeah, He's a, he's a hell of a tight end and really makes that uh, Jacksonville offense deadly. But, no, no. Um, you're not crazy. Kidding. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Yeah, crazy, crazy bullshit. Um. Next one, though, another guy got paid, Quentin Williams, and he fucking deserved it. He got Let's paid go. four-year deal, $96 million. Now the first – this is crazy. He's the first Jets player selected in round one to sign a second contract with the organization since Muhammad Wilkerson, who got picked in 2011. Yeah. No other Jets player selected in the first round from 2012 to 2018 – has signed a second contract with the team. Yeah, because before then, they were just drafting quarterbacks that couldn't yeah. do shit. <laughs> exactly. But, no, let's uh, – I'm happy for him, bro. Big Dog deserves it. Deserves yeah. every single cent of that money. Yeah, that man's a monster. Um, Let's talk about something that I just I, – I can't get behind it. Sorry. Miles Sanders said that Andy Dalton is a future Hall of Famer. What the fuck? Yeah. Bro, is he is he on those shrooms that fucking <laughs> Wiz is on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what, what are Dude, we doing? Nah, he, he's <laughs> tripping sack saying this shit, bro. You you think Big Red's a Hall of Fame future Hall of Famer? Hell not, nah, bro. TCU bro, Hall of Fame. What? That, what did he win like one playoff game? Probably, yeah. I think he, I think he won one playoff game. Oh yeah, yeah, with the Bengals, they yeah. won that like one game in the play. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I think it was against the Steelers. Yeah, it, it was the game where they ruined Antonio Brown. <laughs> Montez Perfect ended his career. <laughs> Dude, you think he still claims that he's the reason for the downfall of AB? Honestly, I would if I was him. Like, that's just, holy shit. Yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, Andy Dalton is just not a future Hall of Famer in just about anything but TCU. Yeah, he can go sit next to Marcus Mariota in the NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> in the waiting room. Yeah, I was about to say, they'd just be chilling. But uh, the next thing Miles Sanders said was actually pretty good. Uh, he was talking about Bryce Young, uh, His probably his actual quarterback this season said he's cocky in a humble way the humblest way he knows who he is and i think we're in good hands hey let's go that's what you need man a glowing review about Bryce about Young. that's what you want about your rookie qbs yeah yeah and um i don't know if i included in here no i didn't but i did hear some good things about cj shroud as well i think laramie tunsil came out and said that like the second C.J. Stroud walked in the door, he has just been a very vocal leader, and he said that that's what the team needs. So, good, good things. He, um, hearing good things about these rookie quarterbacks. Sorry, Davis Mills, your time in the NFL. Yeah, has, has come Sorry, to an man. end. You can take your long ass neck and go home. <laughs> oh, what a right. thing, let's talk about these fucking quarterback rankings. Uh, ESPN put out. Um, executives, scouts, and players uh, selected this, uh, and this is the list they came up with. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Cool. 
Number two, Burrow. Fine. Cool. Josh Allen at three. Cool. Cool. Aaron Rodgers at four. Needs to be lower. In the year of our Lord 2023, you're going to say Aaron Rodgers is number four. We haven't even seen him with his new team. Yeah. And, and the, la- the last season he put up with the Packers was awful. Exactly. But so, but it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'll give that to him because, yes, these execs, coaches, scouts, and everybody, they've seen Aaron Rodgers a lot more than any of the other quarterbacks on this list. Yeah. And, and they know what he's capable of. They've seen what he can do. I get it. He's not better than – honestly, okay, if you heard those top four, you would expect number five to be – Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's Justin Herbert. Crazy. Yeah. Which, uh, look, I love Justin Herbert. I'm high on the Chargers this season. He's not better than Jalen Hurts, who's at six. No. And Aaron Rodgers but, sure as hell isn't. Jalen Hurts definitely needs to be sitting in that four spot. Yeah. Yeah. I could. Uh, you could argue him at three over Josh Allen. Yeah. But you know what's crazy? So here's here's my top five. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, are are we ready? Are we ready for Trevor to be top five? Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't know. I, I feel like Herbert has a claim to the spot. Lamar has a claim to that spot. Trevor Lawrence this year is about to show you why he's in the top five for QBs. All right. Well, I think Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson are going to have something to say about it. That's fine. We'll see. But to continue this list, Lamar comes in at seven, which is egregious, I think. Uh, Trevor comes in at eight, which is also egregious. Dak Prescott comes in at nine. What? <laughs> and Matthew Stafford's at ten? Matthew Stafford should not be on the list. No. As you as you can see right now, he's not even in the jersey. Yeah, dude, they got him on the sidelines. He's in a hoodie. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, Disrespected the fuck out of Kirk Cousins. That, right? Like, how are you going to do Kirk like that? Yeah. Especially with how good his year was last year. Exactly. You're disrespecting fucking... Honestly, you're disrespecting a lot of guys. Like realistically, you're you're by putting Matthew Stafford at ten, you're disrespecting Kirk Cousins. You're disrespecting even Tua, Daniel Jones, even. Yeah, dude. Hell, I would put Derek Carr and uh, fucking Jared Goff over Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Yo, wait, hold up. I'm about to say something. You tell me if this is out of pocket. Is Derek Carr better than Matthew Stafford? I I believe so. Okay. Okay, because I feel like they play the exact same game. Yeah, but it's. I think Derek Carr does it better. All right. I just, just had to test the waters there. But, yeah, I think you're disrespecting a lot of quarterbacks, putting Matthew Stafford there. And also Dak Prescott, last season especially, not better than Kirk Cousins. Exactly, but like, he led the led the league in interceptions, didn't he? Yeah. That, that's my fantasy Crazy. QB right there. Crazy. But since we're talking about Kirk Cousins, uh, let's talk about quarterback. Let's go. I've been waiting all the podcast to talk about this. It was so goddamn good from the first second to the last. So good, dog. Yeah. So and, and good. like, look, if you're going to show me behind the scenes of the NFL, they could have picked anybody, and I would have been like, this is amazing. 
Yeah, but you know one of my favorite parts about it was is that in Patrick Mahomes' life, they did not let Jackson Mahomes speak one word. Yeah, they did a good job of keeping him out of there. I think we only saw him a couple times. Yeah, and it was like at the games and stuff like that yeah. flying. But no, dude. But one of my favorite things was watching the relationship between Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, me too. I think that was a very good storyline that like didn't get like a ton of shine, but you saw it throughout the entire series. Yeah, I uh, and dude, Kirk, what a character Kirk Cousins is. Yeah, dude. I I gotta say, Kirk Cousins comes off. He gets the most out of that documentary. He comes off as the coolest guy. Oh, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, like, we all know that Patrick Mahomes is a crazy good quarterback. He takes care of his body, you know, very big importance on family and all that stuff. Kirk Cousins is just an angel. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes is cocky as fuck with a big ego. Yeah, but I think for good reason. Yeah, he backs it up. But, like, Kirk, like, we I we saw a side of Kirk Cousins that you don't get to see uh, from, much, like, many quarterbacks. Yeah, dude, it's uh, he's such a family first kind of guy too, which yeah. is awesome to look at. Like he saw Adam Thielen bring his son into the locker room, so he went out, grabbed Cooper, was like, "I'm gonna bring my son in here. We're going, we're going to create some memories." Yeah, like making dude. him, making him a plate to eat in there, yeah. and having a good time. You know how cool it'd be if Kirk Cousins was your dad. Oh, dude, <laughs> Hoyt ain't got the drip like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah dude kirk kirk obviously came off the best i think i feel like they kind of fucked over marcus Mariota a little bit yeah but here's the thing they they showed the the perfect clips to describe his season yes that's true they showed how beginning of the season him and arthur were like salt and pepper yeah, on the field, um, you know, was losing very close games on Marcus's mistakes, um, and then I showed think, him. I think you were looking for oil and vinegar. Yeah, maybe. Or sorry, yes. oil, oil and water. Yeah, not salt and pepper. I don't know why I said salt and pepper. Because <laughs> those complement each other. Yeah, oil and water but, don't mix. But um, I get what you're going with. Yeah, and then. It shows him starting to get it back. You know, he's feeling comfortable. But then he just goes on that skid of losing, like, four yeah. straight. And they go with Desmond Ritter. Like, they like Marcus Mariota just did what was best for him. Yeah. And I think Atlanta fans need to watch quarterback to really see that because Atlanta fans think that Marcus Mariota just did because he didn't get the starting spot. Yeah, which I, I think they almost, in this documentary, kind of painted him that way. Yeah. They tried to paint him like the bad guy, but really he just wanted to go get his knee knee fixed. Yeah, I, I did like from like the standpoint of watching the show and like following the storylines. I kind of liked how like I think episode six is when Marcus leaves the team, and that kind of concludes his story for the most part. Yeah, and then he's just not in episode seven because that's the playoffs essentially. And then when Kirk gets knocked out of the playoffs in episode seven. Episode 8 essentially becomes Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship and Super Bowl, which I think is a fantastic way to kind of do that, like pace the show. And then, yeah, we get Kirk at the NFL Awards. Um, 
and like some of the concluding parts of his story and we get the conclusion of Marcus Mariota's story when he's in Hawaii on the beach like that was really cool uh but I loved the way that they paced this show yeah and I also think it's crazy that Kirk didn't get an invite till last minute to the NFL honors insane like what insane and that Kevin O'Connell wasn't up for coach of the year yeah brother Kevin O'Connell was like a really really cool guy yeah, he is. I, I liked him and Kirk's dynamic because they were at, like easily on the same page when it was like they were both willing to, to own up to a mistake, and they were also both willing to call each other out just as much. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, like when Kirk audibled that QB sneak. And didn't get in. And didn't get in, and Kevin O'Connell's like, I was going to call a timeout. Why did you do that? Like yeah. they 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 were on the same page a lot, but when they weren't, they were both willing to like be like, okay, like good job calling that, or like you shouldn't have done that. I had a plan. Yeah, but watching like the sideline reactions to that Bills and Vikings game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like overall, overarching of this entire thing, I think Kirk, like, really won over some people. Oh yeah, and but also I didn't realize how big of a rivalry the Raiders Chiefs were. Yeah, yeah. Like I I know that like it's it's a it's a long a a, a history of rivalry there, but like yeah, the Max Crosby and Patrick Mahomes thing is crazy because like in both <laughs> games we see both of those games and we see them get into it in both of them, but at the end of the game, Pat's like, ah man, you know I love you like all this stuff. Yeah, it's but cool dude, to it's, see like the competitor on the field, and then yeah. like the human being after the game. And I'm just sitting here like the first game at Arrowhead against the Raiders, and Max Crosby just punches Mahomes in the back of the head. Yeah, and then uh, fucking Mahomes is like, "You just woke me the fuck up." <laughs> I think he said, "You fucked with the wrong guy" or something. Like, it, like hilarious. Yeah, it was something about, like, or he, you woke up the wrong guy. Yeah. And then he's just yelling. He's like, he's just like, that's fucking me. That's fucking me. Yeah. It, it was a phenomenal series. And I I kind of hope they go with quarterbacks again and do another season of this for next year. Because I think this is perfect. This comes out kind of, like, right before training camp's going to start. And then, like, beginning of August, we get hard knocks. I think it lines up perfectly. Patrick Mahomes is about to get so clowned at training camp. Oh, yeah. So so is Kirk Cousins. Yeah. (laughs) But, no. I I do think that Patrick Mahomes did come off kind of like an asshole in that series. He he did. But but he showed his love for his family. Yeah. His His annoying-ass wife. As Brittany ugly ass Mahomes, whatever. Bruh. I just I don't like her, man. She's annoying. I I hate I hate the whole family besides Patrick's mom and dad, and then Patrick. Oh, well, and the kid, and the two kids, yeah, yeah. Bronze and Sterling. Yep. Bronze is a funny ass name. It is. But no, well, I hey, think that's great. like the nickname, right? Because it's yeah, it's it's Patrick, it's Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes the third. third. Yeah, yeah. But third place, bronze. Yeah, hear me out. So they do the quarterback again. Yeah. They take the three rookie QBs. 
I think that'd be interesting, but I like the idea of like this guy's oh, really? the best, this guy's the average, this guy's like the lower tier. Yeah. I, do you think they would do another another season of the same three? No. No. Like you know, we'd see the same shit over over and over again. They'd be like, Okay, Kirk takes his Tuesday off and hangs out with his kids. Uh, Patrick yeah. Works out in the facility with his tr- personal trainer after practice, and Marcus Mariota fucks off and is the backup quarterback in Philly. Like that wouldn't be fun, but I so think can- I think um, we maybe see like um, I think a good one would be Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow would be interesting because I don't think we we don't see a lot of him outside of the field. Yeah, so I would take either Joe Burrow or Josh Allen. Yeah. And then I think my like second tier would either be Dak or Tua. Yeah. And then my low tier, I'm thinking like Geno Smith. Geno Smith would be a good one. Yeah, Geno or Kyler I'll, Murray. Yeah. Kyler, you know, struggling on injury. Or Baker. You know, I feel like Baker would be funny as fuck. Yeah. He would definitely um, be so entertaining. There's just a lot of QBs I want to see now. Like I would love to see like Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, hell, I'd love to see Justin Herbert. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of guys that I'd like to see. They need but, to keep this going. Yeah, this is something that has to continue. But to kind of conclude this conversation, if Netflix were to make another you know docu series about a positional group like quarterback. What position group would you like to see, and who are the three players? So, one, I have two. One I think would be funny, and one I think would be really interesting. I would love to see, like, a, a, a defensive end. Yeah. One, and I would love to see – well, the funny one would be, like, a kicker yeah. series. Yeah, like, like kicker you, or punter. <laughs> yeah, like, you throw in, like, Harrison Bucker. Yeah. Or – um Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker and Young Way Koo. Yeah. But no, for defensive end is probably the one I would really like to see. Yeah, I think that would be good. Who would the three defensive ends be? So I I, I want to see Michael Parsons. Okay. So like edge rusher. Yeah. Edge yeah. rusher. Yeah. yeah. But like, do are do we like can it be like just three really good guys? That yeah, I it can. Because you could also see fucking Bosa. Either of the Bosa brothers. Yeah. And, fuck, the last one. I'd probably oh. go for, like, a young guy. Yeah. Like a Aiden Ty- Hutchinson? Like Tyree Wilson. Tyree Aiden Wilson Hutchinson, or yeah. Aiden Hutchinson would be a good one to watch. Yeah. Because he's playing in his hometown. Yeah. It's crazy he's never played football for a team that isn't in Michigan. <laughs> That's insane. Um, but you know, I like I like defensive end. I like wide receiver. Wide receiver would be great. Yeah, it's just there's so many wide receivers. Yeah, but that kind of allows you to have like a very big like top tier, mid tier, bottom tier, like Devontae Adams, and then you do like maybe like Alan Lazard is kind of like a second tier kind of guy. Maybe like Miko Hardman would be a good second tier kind of guy. But then, like, you go for, like, maybe either, like, an older guy or just, like, a guy that a lot of people don't know. Like, Scotty um, Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give me give me Scotty Miller. Like, Braxton but, Barrios. Yeah. 
But dude, hit me with a uh, hit me with a Justin Jefferson, and then hit me. Oh, dude, it's uh, here's my prime setup: Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, and uh, Miko Hardman. I like that. I like that three. Yeah, me too. Or you can even throw Adam Thielen into one of the mix. Like, give us a wide receiver aspect from from the Vikings. Yeah. I think another good one would be head coaches. Yeah. Give me, like, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, and, like, I don't even know, like, somebody that's a little bit newer to the league. Yeah. Oh, well, fucking. Uh, even Arthur Smith, a little yeah. bit newer head coach. Yeah, but I wanted to go away from, like, the Chiefs, even though, like I said, like, Miko Hartman and. Well, Miko Hartman's on the Jets. Yeah, I knew that now, but, like, <laughs> we would, like, go back. It's weird, but I definitely want them to take, keep this up, because yeah, it, I have, I have, I have a lot of fun watching it. I watched it in two days. Yeah, me too. I, I watched, I think I watched, like, two or three episodes the first night, and then I watched the rest of them the next day. Same. <laughs> yeah. I, I got off work and came upstairs, did some homework, and just watched. <laughs> yeah, it, it was so, so good. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's on Netflix. It's called Quarterback, of course. Um, and you have to watch it. it. Even if you don't watch the NFL, you have to watch it. It's fantastic. If you're just a fan of football yeah, in general, watch it. it hell, even if you're not. If you're any athlete. Any yeah, any kind of athlete that just has it wants an idea of what it's like to play at the at the pro level, mm-hmm. go take a look at it. Yeah. Also, no free ads and fuck Netflix for stopping password sharing. Yes. Because I had to watch yeah. the whole thing on my phone because I can't watch it on my TV anymore. Whose account were you watching on your TV? My aunt's. Ah. <laughs> um, I got you. Let's get into some winners and losers of college football this season. Uh, right, and this can get... be players, teams, conferences, fans, media members, like literally anyone involved in college football. Just give off some winners and losers. The first one we're going with F- fans or viewers of FSU, LSU. Yeah, that's a winner. That's That's a winner. Right there, because that is going to be a great fucking game. Yeah, that's a college football playoff preview. Yeah, sir. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm I'm thinking like the um, let's go the, the guys that don't like like the fans that do not like conference realignment. This season, they're going to see what happens in the Big Twelve, and they're going to be like, okay, I kind of like this. Like they're they're gonna realize that that moving some teams around is gonna make college football better. Yeah, I feel. It. All right, let's do a loser now. All right, are you ready for mine? Because I think you're gonna be impressed by it. Okay, because we might be thinking the same thing. Alabama football. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I'm in the same boat. Alabama football is going to be a loser until we find us a quarterback. Yeah. So, and going back to when they had the fucking rankings, what the fuck is going on with Alabama at two? It's crazy. 
just no fucking way. Absolutely insane. Uh, my first loser, anybody that has to face Quinshawn Judkins. Because that guy is a baller. Yeah. Like, that man could realistically average, like, 150 yards per game. Yeah. He is insane. The dude's a monster. Dude's, a, dude's an absolute monster. Yeah. And he, he's already, like, one step away from being NFL ready. Yeah, like I want to say defensive lines are going to have a hard time with him, but he's going to be past them easily. It's going to be like free safeties that are going to have a hard time with Quinshawn Judkins. Yeah. All right. Winner. Luke, we're doing a winner now? Yeah. All right, I'm going to go Georgia football. Okay, interesting. Just because they stay winning. Okay, well, I'm going um, to hold off on Georgia football right now. But um, my winner is going to be... Fans of the Pac-12. Yeah. I think the Pac-12 is – I think really just conferences. The The whole Pac-12 as a conference is going to be a winner this coming season. I think we're going to see great football over there. Obviously, USC, we're going to see Washington again with Michael Penix. I think Oregon's going to be good. I think Utah will be good. Maybe Oregon State is good with DJ. Who knows? But I think we're going to see some great football in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see because uh, this is a big year for Bo Nix. Yeah, it is. It's a big year for the conference. This is the last year you have USC and UC, UCLA, so you really got to have your other teams cement themselves pretty well. Yeah, for sure. All right, losers. All right, and that's whoever put Texas at five. In the ranking. Yep. Yeah, He's you're a loser. Loser. Because you're gonna feel like real said, dumb like two weeks like, into the season. When they lose thirty to nothing in both their games. Yeah. Um, but no, dude, the the fact that you put Texas at five when Bijan was the other one putting numbers on the board, like you're having a lot of faith in Quinn Ewers. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh I'm I think I'm gonna take Georgia football as a loser. Really? Yeah, because they're they they're officially getting the Alabama treatment. That that's how it's gonna go. So now it's expected of you every single year to be the best team in football and win the national championship. And if you can't live up to that year after year, they're just gonna condemn you. Like they are gonna kill you every year. Welcome to the club, brother. Yeah, so I'm, I, I'm just saying, like. Georgia fans are in for rude awakening if they're not ready for it. Yeah, like the the best thing Georgia's got going for them right now is that they have Kirby Smart, who has been in that situation before. Yeah, of the pressure. So if anybody knows how to take that pressure away from the players, it's Kirby. Yeah, and also like what makes it harder is that yeah, okay, last year you guys were the defending national champions, so people want to beat you. Now you've done it two years in a row. Every single person in college football is out to get you. Uh huh. So it's, yeah, it, it makes it that much harder. They're the new dynasty. They are. So whoever, whoever's, have they announced who's going to be starter? I have a feeling it's Carson Beck. It seems that way. Okay. Well, Carson Beck better lock in because yeah. it's going to be a rough season this fall. Yeah, we'll see. Or well, or it'll be great. There's no telling. Yeah, but. He's about to be getting hit left and right. Yes. People are coming to kill him. For sure. Um, 
All right, one more winner. Oh, dude, I wasn't ready for this. Um, I put on the list three winners, three losers. Did I not do three winners already? No. Crazy. All right, winner right here, and that's that's going to be the fans up at Rocky Top. Okay. So hear me out. If we see a down year this year in Alabama and in Georgia, we can easily see LSU and Tennessee take over the SEC this year. Yeah. So I think the fans at Rocky Top will be winners. Okay. I like that. Um, I think think group of five. The group of five schools are going to be winners this year. We saw Tulane. Tulane last year, and they were very good. But they lost some of their big guns. They lost UCF. They lost BYU, um, Houston, Cincinnati, all to the Big 12. But they still got some dogs down there, man. Yeah. You still got to watch out for some of those group of fives. So so I think the group of fives is going to have some a big season this year, maybe a little more realignment coming up soon. Yeah, sure, but let's see. Let's see if Tulane can't uh, repeat their season. Yeah, but actually get respected by the media. And um, get into the playoffs. <laughs> maybe, maybe next year with the twelve team, but we'll see. All right, our last losers. All right, you go first. What? <laughs> We're gonna flip the whole thing on me right now? Yep, go first. Um. Yeah. Dude, you got me on the spot now. All right, fine, fine, fine. I'll go. I'll All go. right, good. And that's the University of Miami, just in general. They're all their sports teams, losers. But college football mainly, loser. You are now the third best team in the state. I don't know. They're probably going to be better than Florida this year. I I don't think so. I I think they will. I don't think so. Graham Mertz is their starting quarterback. Unless unless they get the Cavender twins at the wideout position, they're they're not good. I was about to say something. Uh, what? What? <laughs> nothing. What? Nope. Say. Nope. Say. Uh, I'm going to move on to my last loser, and it's South Carolina fans. You guys are fucking delusional. <laughs> All right, I got a text from Brock, and he goes, have you seen what South Carolina fans have been predicting their record to be? And I was like, no, but I'm sure it's bad. He goes, 10 or 11 wins. Yeah, my ass. <laughs> You've got to be fucking kidding me. You guys are losing it. You're losing week one versus North Carolina. You're losing week three at Georgia. You might win against Mississippi State week four. You're definitely losing to Tennessee in week five. So you're starting off either one in three, or sorry, you're starting off either one in four or two in three. Not, <laughs> not on pace for 10 wins. But, yeah, you're probably going to beat Florida and Missouri. Texas A&M might give you a run for your money. You might lose to Vanderbilt, even. You're going to lose to Clemson final week of the season. And Kentucky, it's up in the air. Devin Leary, we don't know what's going to happen. I think you guys are lucky to get eight. Respectable. Because if you were to win ten games... That means the only two teams this season that you would lose to are Georgia and Tennessee. 
Bro, Drake May is literally about to shit all over them. Yeah, Drake May is going to shit down their throats, and fucking Cade Klubnik is going to fuck them. <laughs> hey, don't forget about A.J. Swan. A.J. Swan yeah. is going to terrorize that defense. Yeah, people think he's going to the NFL. <laughs> like, you guys yeah. are delusional. You lost so many players to the transfer portal. It's yeah, crazy. You people in Colombia, settle down. Yeah. Sit tight, because it's going to be a, a rough ride for the next couple of years. Oh, yeah. Especially with Texas and Oklahoma coming. <laughs> they might want to reclass the ACC. Maybe. We'll see. But that's going to do it for the winners and losers of college football this season. It's time for a top three, bottom three fictional sports movie characters. So it can't be, obviously, it can't be like Chadwick Boseman playing Jackie Robinson in 42. That can't yeah. be one of your characters. But it can be from a movie that's based on a true story, but it's not like a biopic style. So, for example, you could pick like a character from Remember the Titans. Okay. So it's like you can't, so you can't do a player that was like in real life. Yes. Copy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm ready to get going. All right. Well, you've got the first pick on the top, so it's all you. Give me Bobby Boucher from oh, the Water Boy. Damn. <laughs> oh man. All right. <laughs> that's just a classic, man. Yeah. It's that's like the best one one. Yeah. Yeah, you got a point there. Fuck. Um I'm gonna What was that your number one? Yeah, it was. You really <laughs> threw me off. I think I'm gonna go with a, a a person that as a young boy I aspired to be. Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Oh, he was just the coolest. Okay. Now, hear me out. I had his catcher. Oh, in my top. Okay. Cam Porter. Is that that's your pick? Number two? That's my number two, baby. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go. Give me Jesus Shuttlesworth from He Got Game. Ray Allen, bro. Okay. Okay, now now you, are you ready for me? Yeah. Give me Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year. Mm. That's a good one. Yes, yeah, sir. Bro, these these movies were essential to me growing up. All right, I'm between two. One is a funnier pick than the other. I might have to go that way. Okay. Give me Happy Gilmore. There you go. Yeah. That's that's the classic. He he fell in the draft. Let's be honest. He fell. Yeah, he did. I I definitely definitely should have taken him at two. That when he was still on the board, you know, I went with a weaker side. Ham Porter could have got Ham later. Yeah. It's it it was a rough draft for your boy, but I think Bobby Boucher is going to carry. All right, because because the opposing team's going to be talking about his mama, <laughs> and that water sucks. Yeah. And I got Vicky Valancourt up in the stands. 
All right, honorable mentions on the top three. Obviously, there's a ton. Just give me a couple if you got them. All right, Coach Buttermaker Mm. from Bad News Bears. Good stuff. Um, Jackie Moon. Okay. From Semi-Pro. I thought about it. Also, Rick Vaughn, Major League. I'm sticking with Will Ferrell, Ricky Bobby. Dude, my next one was Cal Naughton Jr. Yes, sir. <laughs> Magic thing. Um, oh, man. There's so many good ones. Oh, Rocky. Yeah. How, how, did, how did that one fall? Yeah, like you could go Apollo Creed. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's. There's a, there's a lot of people that yeah. you could go with. There but is. Let, let's go to the bottom. All right. Bottom. Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, there. yeah, there's some bad. Like, yeah, fuck it. Give me Scooter McGavin. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck Scooter McGavin. I'm sticking All with right. the Happy Gilmore <laughs> stuff. Give me White Goodman from Dodgeball. Oh, that is good. Fucking hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh shit. I can't remember what the fucking movie's called. Um. Oh, what the hell? It's the it's the Matt LeBlanc from Friends, and he plays baseball with a monkey. Oh shit! What is the? Oh, Ed. Yeah, Ed. it's <laughs> it's obviously Matt LeBlanc's character. He fucking sucked, dude. Uh, Deuce. Deuce Cooper from Ed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, wait, hold on. Right. Honorable mention on the top, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next bottom is John Gerard from Ricky Bobby. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> I was going to take that. You Ricky, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Fuck, man. I can't think of my last one. You got it. Um, I'm believing you. Oh, dude. I'm absolutely blanking. Why Why can I not think of his name? You got to give me a second. I got to... I, I feel like an idiot right now. I just I'll can't. Be... You're good, man. You're just a fake sports fan. No. Oh my god. Okay. Um Oh my god. I can't think right now. <laughs> no, Jesus just, Christ. Just say it. What I literally it's the 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 fucking the the kid in karate kid that's the the other side. What is his name? Johnny Lawrence? Yeah. Oh my god. Could not think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you don't like Johnny Lawrence? No. Fuck him. You watch Cobra Kai? No. I don't care. <laughs> Talk about movies. Not TV for teenagers. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> All right. My last one. Give me Kit Keller from A League of Their Own. Okay. Yeah. The Little Sister. God, she's annoying as fuck. Yeah. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, we probably should have just done top five instead of top three, bottom three. Yeah. But it's too late now. We it's already did late. it. It's too late. Yeah. Any, if, any if my brain was fun- if my brain was functioning, that would have gone yeah. way smoother. But I think that was a solid solid draft there. Any, any honorable mentions for the bottom? Um. Yeah. Um. And this one's not even a fictional one. I just want to bring this up because he's the worst. 
is uh, Jason Giambi. <laughs> or no, not J. Is it? Is it Jason or is it? You talking about his his brother? Yeah. Wait, what's his brother's name? John. Oh, dude. Oh my God. Oh, oh. I feel Jeremy. Like... Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy Giambi. Fuck him. It's yeah. not nonfiction, but fuck him. Yeah. So I got. You ever seen the movie Little Giants? Yeah. The head coach for the Giants, or not for the, like that Cowboys team, Kevin O'Shea. Yeah. I hate that guy. Yeah. Also, I hate anybody that says that Forrest Gump is a good athlete. I don't give a fuck about the one scene, or like the two scenes where he's playing football for Alabama. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, so that that's an honorable mention for uh, loser or like the bottom three. Yeah. People who think Forrest Gump was yeah. an athlete. Yeah. Fuck out of here, bro. He's a soldier first. <laughs> but if we could do like an honorable mention if we do like a – a, a real team, bro. Give me McFarland. Yeah. US tanks. Yeah. That shit. Those gaps. Maybe, maybe we'll run that next. Time. We'll do top three, bottom three, but just the the real, like the nonfiction, like biopic sports movies, not yeah, characters, like, just the movie. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us. I think this was a fantastic episode. Great conversations, and. Colin, as much as I appreciate you coming on with us, I also appreciate you that's listening right now. Yep, you that's listening to me in your car. I know you're in the car. Don't crash. But what you should do when you're done driving is follow us on all of our social media. Give this podcast five-star review on Spotify and Apple. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave a comment about something you hated about this podcast. And um, give it a like as well. And it's okay if the thing you hated was the main host. Yeah, it's okay. if you hate me, let me know. And nothing's going to change because I make the decisions. We can we can replace Grayson. Yeah, no, maybe, you can't. Maybe, maybe we'll do an episode where it's just me and Luke. I'd love to see you try and use Adobe Audition. I said Luke will take care of that. <laughs> I'd love to see him do it. <laughs> you can be here. I run it all. all you right. can be here, but you're just going to have your mic muted the whole time. Look, okay. Me and Luke. Me and Luke will talk. We can. We can do that. Maybe not. No, we can make that happen. Oh God. We could definitely make that happen. You um, don't know what you just wished for, brother. I'm scared. <laughs> All I know is that if that happens, feel free to not tune into that episode. No, no, we need the most viewers we've ever had on that one. All right, guys, <laughs> look forward to it. Luke and Colin <laughs> on an episode by themselves. I will simply just be in in the back, not talking, just producing the episode. Just laughing because you see how bad it is? Nah, I think it'd be fine. You guys would do a it'd good be, job. It'd be funny, bro. That'd be the funny yeah, episode. It would. But nonetheless, we're going to get out of here. Yeah. With that being said, uh, I will see y'all later this week. I believe Colin will be back next week. So, uh, yeah, we'll catch y'all later. Peace. Later.